A beloved children's book is a guide for a big corporate executive. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. You can find everything out about us and all our shows at focusgroupradio.com. And that would include our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. 20 minutes, three stories, you're in, you're out. And of course, you have the Focus Group on Wednesdays. The video drops live on uh, YouTube and Facebook Live. And all media is available at all times at focusgroupradio.com. And a big thanks to Deep Discount our sponsor here on the show. We're going to talk about them later and also your chance to get some focus group radio socks. They're highly coveted. Welcome to March, Tim, the eyes of March. You know, I was thinking too, years ago we did a, um, we did blue and yellow socks. They've been hot right now. Do you? Yeah. They, they would have been hot right now with what's going on in, uh, in Europe. <laughs> You're talking about solidarity for the Ukrainians, right? Yeah. No, very much so. Did I, I tell the, you? Did I did I tell you I went and got CBD oil? Uh you did, and I think it was to help with your foot. It's to help with my foot and also my shoulder and everything, and joint pain and the whole deal, right? So I go into this CBD store, which a lot of people think it's quack medicine, right? But we've mm-hmm. worked with people that swear by it. So the guy in this one particular shop was a Vietnam veteran, and he uses CBD for anxiety, and so forth. So. This is all legal. It's a legal shop in town. I go and I buy this stuff. He goes, oh, it has a little THC in it. I said, how is it allowed to? I didn't think you're allowed to. And, um, you know, you need a medical card or whatever, right? Yes, so, you do. So he goes, oh, no. No, this is all legal. So I was like, okay. So he gives me these little gummy things. and says these will make you happy. Oh, edibles? He, okay. And yeah. then he gives me, then he says, I like these. These are my favorite. And then he gives me two different oils, one to go to sleep and one to with my joint pain. I said, how much should I take? He goes, well, you have to experiment. So you know what mm-hmm. happened. So I loaded up. Next thing I knew, <laughs> I was on the sofa all night. It, that stuff hit me. I looked, it had like 10 milligrams of THC in it. Tim, I am, is, is, is Delaware a state that legally sells? No. Well, they have medical marijuana, but this was just a CBD store. Yeah, this is. Uh, I I thought that the law was pretty clear that it could not have any THC in it. I I did too, and I felt bad. My mom called, and I told her I had taken something for my pain. She's probably listening. Um, but I was out of it. I felt horrible because she was calling to, to try to fill me in on stuff, and I was about four beats behind her. Like she'd say something, and then she'd go on to the next topic, but I'd respond to the topic two or three ahead, and I kept thinking <laughs> like, what is going on? And then I realized it was this. I took the gummy and I took the joint thing, you know, for my pain. Simultaneously. Okay. But I don't know. It's so funny. Bob and I, over the weekend, we were in Great Barrington. Uh, We went to a dispensary up there and um, Bob wanted to get uh, CBD cream because he has some arthritis in his foot and some neuropathy. And he tried a new variety, um, but he's, he knows enough to ask the woman at the counter. He said, now I know it's more effective with THC. And she explained why the THC helps deliver 
the CBD to the spots that's needed. And he does get relief from these the cream on his foot, especially for the pain, the arthritis. How long does it last? A uh, couple hours. He'll get like uh, two or three hours of um, of relief out of it. That's the thing, because I feel, I, when I use it, and I actually have the stick from the project what, you and I did. Yeah, if you yeah. go to, tri- okay, if you so go to triberry.co, by the way, you'll find the project John and I did. Launched the world's most premier cannabis brand, right, John? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, you know, I rub this stuff on, I get immediate relief. But then uh-huh. it doesn't last long. No. But so. you did that for your shoulder recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that really works effectively on muscle stuff. And uh, the woman at the the dispensary was interesting. She she talked a bit about how the what you took, the tincture or the oil, right. is far more effective for things like neuropathy and and some internal stuff because it just works differently than the topical. You know, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I did. I got the tincture, and then I did one to go to sleep with, which I've been having some crazy dreams. <laughs> so I'll come up with some great ideas this summer for us. Well, I'm still stuck on the idea of Kate's ice cream, unique ice cream sandwiches. It was a chocolate chip cookie with orange ice cream and a graham cracker cookie with the key lime. Key lime. If we had She's going to do a lemon product, one. She's going to do lemon. There you go. That's our three. We need she three magic me. cookies. And what are we going to put on lemon? Maybe a shortbread. We'll do a shortbread. Like a Lorna Dune. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking if we could manufacture these ice cream sandwiches, it could be a thing. You know, boutique. It would- yeah, Ice it would have sandwiches. to be her recipes, yes. her flavors. And I know she doesn't want any involvement, but she'll give us the recipe. But she, hell, maybe we'll use her name too, right? Kate's. Kate's, Kate's Cookies with K. Kate's, Kate's Cookies. Kate's Cookies. Kate's, Kate's Ice Cream. Cookies. <laughs> Ice Cream. K-R-E-A-M. Sandwiches. <laughs> and then you and I will be on one of those push carts with a bicycle like they have on uh, you know, Coney Island selling, you know, get your ice cream sandwiches here. We could dress up like we were back at Boardwalk Empire days with a little right. striped hat and a little white apron with a little clean ice cream trolley. Get your sandwiches. Fun for Sissy and Junior, right here at Funland. <laughs> yeah, that was up for, uh, that was in Maine, right? What Brewer, Maine. Come Brewer. to the Brewer County, Ca- Brewer County Fair. Fun for Sissy and Junior. Brewer County, <laughs> Brewer, Maine. Okay. <laughs> When we did that road trip up to Maine and we toured the L.L. Bean boat and tote facility, Bob still remembers because every time we were in the car, you would do that exact imitation. And we, it doesn't, doesn't, we still laugh. It just makes us laugh all the well, time. Well, just as a little kid, it stuck out because every summer when we'd be drive up to see my grandparents, it was nonstop. The fair, and it's like your county fair up in upstate mm-hmm. New York. County fair. There was nonstop radio ads for the Brewer County Fair, fun for Sissy and Junior. Brewer County, <laughs> Brewer County, Maine. Brewer, Brewer County, Brewer County Fair, Brewer County, Brewer, Maine. <laughs> Where else? In Portland? <laughs> I mean, if you had the wrong town, you were certainly not hearing those advertisements. Well, we heard you got to say it in threes. So Always. That's, yeah. yeah. And that's why we needed a third ice cream for the, our, our, new, our new project. So we've got lemon, key lime, and orange. It's citrus. This, so we'll do a whole citrus line of ice cream sandwiches. It's perfect. It's perfect because not many brands do that kind of craft unique. None of them do. None of them do. This is it. This is our idea, John. This is it. I think we've hit on it. This is retirement. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) you missed Facebook. You missed LinkedIn. (laughs) Well, you know, I can think of worse. I can think of a couple days. I might not want to be selling the ice cream sandwiches. Okay. It's August 15th and it's 95 degrees down at the shore with a, a slight breeze. You're in your little 1910 
ice cream hat and, and apron, sweat and gumballs. <laughs> These things leave the freezer. They melt right away, right? Fetter, maybe we could do a little like that old French nautical theme, you know, the striped yes. T-shirts with yes. a little little sailor's cap. A little, little jaunty, beret. Little, yeah. <laughs> jaunty beret. I would say we set up shop by that, that my favorite game of chance down on the boardwalk, that horse race thing. Yeah, it opens up. It's opening up a couple months. They just announced their opening day is sometime in May. I would, yeah, I would be right in front of that because that's an old game, right? That's like a Mm -hmm. game from the time period we want to be doing it. These are like handmade old style sandwiches. We need to, we'll offline this and think about product cost. How those games are still operational is beyond me. I mean, those things are right out of the 40s, aren't they? 40s, 50s? (laughs) Or earlier. They're hysterical. That, That was one of our favorite things about one of our visits in the summer. Bob was obsessed with that horse race, man. I don't know how many times we played that thing. He Did wanted win? to win that. No. And every time someone won, he would be <laughs> shocked at how they won. He's like, that little kid won, or that guy won. I'm like, that's a game of chance. Anybody could win, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we use. You do the water pistol with the horse, and the horse goes, right? You got to get the water. Is that the mm-hmm. one with the water, or is it the one with the balls? No, it was one with the balls. Yeah. yeah. You roll it up, and it, if it goes in a certain hole, it moves the horse Yep. An inch or five inches, whatever. And then the one. Clunk, 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 clunk. And all the balls are rolling and people are going crazy and laughing. Bob's looking around, looking at the competition, thinking, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to make sure that ball goes into the, the hole that makes the horse move the fastest. But it never happened. <laughs> Get a stuffed lighthouse. <laughs> well, he wanted something. He wanted something <laughs> from that game of chance venue on the boardwalk. And my other favorite thing that you told me about is the pirate ship swinging too close to the Airbnb. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll have to send you that article. <laughs> there's this, it's within inches, like three inches of the Airbnb. People scream when they're in there. They got to close, <laughs> close the shades. They think Damn. the pirate ship's coming in. Well, three inches is not that much for a big pendulum kind of ride like that, yeah. right? Meanwhile, the city is concerned about outdoor dining. They've got this pirate ship that's ready to wipe out half the block. I care less. <laughs> Let's make sure we got outdoor dining settled. <laughs> yeah, to, no, no eating outdoors. <laughs> All right. With that, what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. This one is a, uh, a very simple one. And sometimes I think visually things are... Um, better portrayed than actually talking about them. So if you're watching the video, you'll see the, the picture John puts up. But the, the headline is, this redesigned American flag reveals how many states deny basic freedoms to LGBTQ people. So what the HRC did um, is they took a flag, and an American flag with the 50 stars, and they removed 29 stars, which represent the states that don't offer protections uh, or comprehensive protection for LGBTQ people. And so you can see what the flag looks like, which I thought was a pretty arresting image. And I'm surprised nobody's thought of it sooner. And uh, I don't know what you thought about the visual of the flag, John. I think this is brilliant. Um, yeah. And I did read this article, and I'm glad you picked it as a caught your eye. Because the only question you would ever ask in looking at that image, if it were flying on a flagpole or hanging in front of someone's house, is what happened to the rest of the stars right. that represent the states, Right. Right. And you just say, well, these are the only states that recognize I exist. So it's, um, and they said this. So right now, the Equality Act passed the House and it's waiting to go through the Senate. It was passed a year ago, actually. And they have done research. Uh, there was a public research poll that was just done where they said 82% of Americans support laws that protect LGBTQ people from discrimination. 
And uh, But the states that are missing on here, they don't offer basic freedoms for obtaining housing, employment, healthcare, education, or public accommodations. So the HRC worked with uh, WPP agencies and created this flag. It's called the Reality Flag. They've also shot some PSAs with uh, Emmy Award-winning director Joey Soloway. And so they're doing this campaign to try to get Congress to uh, pass the Equality Act. They have a number of companies that have signed on, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is obviously a a, uh, a government uh, entity. But uh, 160 of the 500 Fortune 500 companies have signed on as well to support the Equality Act. Coca-Cola, General Electric, Home Depot, Kraft, Heinz, Levi Strauss, and Target. So it's uh, there you so go. I, it's, no, it, and yeah. it's simple, as you said. It's a simple, clean message. Yeah. What happened to all the other stars? Oh, those are the states that don't offer any equality benefits to LGBTQ citizens. It's it's very. I, I agree with you. Sometimes a graphic. It's kind of like that original Volkswagen ad right. from I think it was Leo Burnett or something. The little tiny beetle up in the corner, you know. And I forget what the headline was, but it really sold the original beetle, right? The original VW. This is the same thing. If you question it, and it's a visual that jars you. It's a good good outcome. Yeah, and give, and 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 elicits conversation. So. So what my, um, caught my eye, I wonder if you saw, you might have seen this, it was re- reported in a number of uh, publications uh, in the mainstream press, but basically it's this, thanks to an accident on the operating table, uh, the first ever recording of the moment someone dies reveals how our lives f- really do flash before us. That's the headline. I'm going to backtrack that a bit and say it could say that, you know, I don't want to run an anybody's parade, but... So scientists accidentally captured our most complex organ, the brain, as it shuts down. Uh, a patient was being treated for epilepsy, and he was hook up, hooked up to an electroencephalogram. So the recording is brain waves. The 87-year-old man's brain activity was being measured um, while he was having this device put in that was supposed to help him with his epilepsy. Um, sadly, though, that during the, the operation, the man suffered a, a heart attack and died on the table. And what happened was that since they were recording his brain waves at the moment of his death, and they kept recording them as they tried to revive him, they, they had like a 15-minute recording, and they had the 30 seconds before he passed away and the 30 seconds after he passed away. So it says here, in the 30 seconds on either side of the patient's final heartbeat, an increase in very specific brain waves was spotted. These waves, known as gamma oscillations, are linked to things like memory retrieval, meditation, and dreaming. This could mean, although many more studies would need to take place, see that big caveat right there, folks? (laughs) That we might see a sort of film reel of our best memories as we die. The parts of the brain that were activated in this study also suggest we could enter a peaceful, dreamlike state that feels similar to meditation. So the doctor that conducted this said, uh, through generating oscillations involved in memory retrieval, the brain may be playing a last recall of important life events, which is his uh, assumption, just before we die, similar to the ones reported in near-death experience. Um, These findings challenge our understanding of when exactly life ends and generates an important conversation and questions related to that, including he threw in here organ donation, which is interesting because if you donate your organs, they have to have you clinically dead when you do that. And then he just said, he concluded by saying, um, you know, something we may learn from this research is, although our loved ones have their eyes closed and are ready to leave us to the rest, 
their brains may be replaying some of the nicest moments they've ever experienced in their lives. Now, I think that might be wishful While they thinking. are dead? They're, well, as the brain ceases functioning. So the brain ceases its activity, apparently, well after the heart and lungs do. There's still oh, brain activity. Wow. And it may be that the brain calls up some of our favorite memories as a, like a, a best of on our way out the door. I mean, it, it made me feel good for two minutes. I'm like, well, maybe all my, fa you know, <laughs> maybe we're wired to have our best memories come and we pass away. But you're obviously, I wonder if you're aware of it. Well, consciousness. If you're not breathing. Or yeah, I, I, that's a whole other thing. Are you conscious? How conscious are you? Or is this the last gasp of consciousness? This kind of like a short dream. film yeah. replaying your, your memories. Yeah, I thought it was just kind of interesting that they would, because of the way they were doing this epileptic, uh, this unique surgery, they had to have a brainwave recording. The patient unexpectedly passes away and they get this interesting data, which they've seen in other mammals and other dream studies, these, this kind of brainwave generation. So there's hope, Tim. There's hope that when we die, we have a little best of. I don't know. Some things, I hope it is best of. Imagine it was Ooh, all, yeah. the, all the horrible things. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine if it's not the best of and it's, it's right. your worst? But I think the brain tends to, I think we curate our memories in such a way that we do try to remember the good things, right? We'll see. I don't know. I, I, it's like somebody had asked me one day, I guess in a similar topic about dogs and what they think and mm -hmm. how, they pro how they process information because a dog could figure out a task or something or they know, and they wondered about how, how a dog could understand but you can't talk to a dog right so how, how but would they do you... get some things right what do you mean well they do understand you maybe it's body language or tone of voice and they, oh, they yeah, do yeah, respond yeah. yeah no they do but they're wondering what they're thinking like there's a process about where they hit a bone or where they <laughs> you know they, they can put it together you know like trixie when that one time when trixie would just start knocking on the door she knew if she knocked on the door she'd get in yeah like how did she process that did she mm -hmm. see somebody knock on a door? How'd she learn yeah. it? How'd she retain it? Yeah. Yeah. That, Never taught it to her. Just, yeah. just, ha just started happening one day. She wanted to come in. She'd bang on the door. It's, it's, yeah. I, hey, look, I think it's a, and that's what I love about having pets too, is you kind of puzzle that out. So, hey, folks, as you uh, know, and as I mentioned at the top of the, the broadcast, uh, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we would love you to check them out by checking our site out, focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Deep Discount logo. It is a spring site-wide sale, so everything at deepdiscount.com is on sale. They always have great prices to begin with, so you're just gonna get an even better price. And in honor of the month of March and awards uh, month, we have the Oscars coming up at the end of the month, uh, we here on the Focus Group are gonna be giving away some of our famous Focus Group radio socks. So if you order anything from Deep Discount in the month of March, you could send us a photo of what you ordered, or maybe it's the uh, the sales receipt, the online receipt that gets generated. Send that to letters at focusgroupradio.com, letters at focusgroupradio.com, and I will send you a pair of socks. If it's an email you don't check too often, just include your mailing address. We only use it to send the socks out, and uh, and there you go. So, Tim, take it away. Site-wide sale, what'd you pick? So I immediately went to documentaries because you know I like documentaries. You love a good and documentary. And I was surprised to see this one because um, I actually had it for a while, and then it was not available. Um, and di uh, Deep Discount has it now. It's called That Summer, which stars Andy Warhol and Little Edie of uh, Edie Bouvier Beale. And if you're a fan of Grey Gardens, 
This was actually done three years before the documentary by the Maisels. This was done by photographer Peter Beard. And uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of the, the basis as to uh, why Great Gardens came about and how it came about. And uh, the interesting thing for me in it is Little Edie is far more um, rambunctious, I guess. And uh, I think she's a bit more uh, less guarded in, in what she says. But it's, it's about she and her mother, of course. And then Andy Warhol's there, Mick Jagger, Truman Capote. Jackie O shows up with the kids, you know, Caroline and, and uh, John John and the sister, Lee Radzikil. So, but it, it goes out to the, uh, to the estate and she talks about, um, you know, Jackie O's there to try to get the house fixed up or whatever. And as many people know, the documentary came about Great Gardens because Lee wanted a story done about she and Jackie. And they're like, <laughs> story's here with Big and Little Edie. <laughs> so. and, and Tim, that's actually how that summer came about. This was test footage. They were doing, they went out to just kind of interview yeah. them as part of this Lee Radziwell documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. They want, she wanted a story on her life, you know, Lee's, Lee's life. And after they went and met Big and Little Edie, they're like, <laughs> this, this is, this is comedy gold. Yeah, but, if you're um, if you're a Grey Gardens fan and the second Grey Gardens movie, which was actually extra footage that Maisel, the Maisel brothers had, right. this is really a bookend that you have to have. And then you could explore the HBO version of the Broadway right. show and the, the, and all the other stuff that came out. But this is the one. And you know, Tim, before I clicked onto that summer, this is the uh, this the site the site uh, deep discounts. You know, spray, the, the big sale site. Did you notice that the, they were? Uh, you know, showcasing Tears for Fears, The Tipping Point. I didn't even know they had a new album out, and I just heard yeah. an interview the other day. Yeah, they've been interviewed all over the place, and uh, they they have been all over with uh, with the new album. I must say, um, I love Tears for Fears, and I've loved everything they've done. The is jury's there a out on, somewhere. <laughs> well, the ju- the ju- the jury is out on me f- with this one. You've heard, and it. I, I I've listened to it, parts of it. Yeah. And uh, what they did say is that they tried to make an album that we were used to getting in the 80s. Okay. That you actually have to listen to the whole thing. And it's going to take you on a journey with each side being 23 minutes or 22 and a half minutes, whatever. If you did a flip. Just like you know, an album, the album experience. Right. You had to like A side, B side. Yeah. So that's what they tried to create here. The last person who think I did who did that successfully was in 1992, I think, Annie Lennox with Diva. Oh my god! She came out with that. That is that is such so a whole journey. Yeah, that's a whole yep. journey. So, what I should do is put it on and let it play through, and then marinate. I'll think differently let it about marinate. It. Yeah. You got to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I picked uh, a favorite anime film um, that I think everybody would love seeing. It's called Spirited Away, and it's by the famous director Hayao Miyazaki. And he was the creator of Kiki's Delivery Service as well. And it comes from him comes this magical Oscar-winning animated adventure about 10-year-old Chiro, who along with her parents is trapped by a witch in a mystical spirit, mystical spirit realm. Chihiro struggles to break the spell that's turned her folks into pigs and find the way home. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It sounds crazy. It sounds fantastical. But I love this movie, and and anime is a little different than our animation. You know, we, we're very used to 3D now. This is the hand drawn variety. There's some beautiful backgrounds, and it's it's just a fun, interesting film. And it comes in a special edition, so I highly recommend Spirited Away. And the release this week is a movie I definitely wanted to see in theaters, but I missed. And it's called Belfast. It stars a very handsome man named Jamie Dorman, and. Um, 
It was 1969, and in his mixed working-class Ireland neighborhood, young Buddy, who's played by Jude Hill, at least knew no shortage of indulgent affection from his mom and his and grandparents, played by Judy Dench and Ciaran Hines. However, the rising of the Troubles looked to splinter life in this community and push his oft-absent dad, Jamie Dornan, into taking a stand. If you've seen trailers for this movie, it's shot in black and white. It has a very clean look to it, almost to the point where Bob was, we were commenting on, he's like, you know, Belfast, that's Ireland. That's, you know, the time of the IRA, whatever. I just think it's going to be an interesting film and I'm dying to get it. It's available for $19.99 on Blu-ray from Deep Discount. Cool. So um, as John mentioned, if you do purchase anything, uh, we're going to get you a pair of Focus Group Radio stocks, right, Mr. Nash? Mm-hmm. You bet. So how do you do that? You send us a picture of what you ordered, or maybe just the the sales receipt, the email of it, to letters at focusgroupradio.com, letters at focusgroupradio.com. If it's an email you don't use too often, just include your mailing address, because uh, you're going to get a pair of socks. And I cool. usually do it mm, probably twice during the month of March. I'll do batches of these, depending on how many we get in. Great. So, so it's go. a site... It's a site-wide sale. Head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the deep discount logo. Start shopping away. It's as it is the site-wide sale. I picked a movie called That Summer, which is the prequel to Grey Gardens and the Beals at Grey Gardens. John picked Spirited Away from Japan, and the new release this week is Belfast. So uh, be sure to go over there and shop and support Deep Discount because they support us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a shop talk that uh, is really quite, uh, quite fun and a business birthday. So uh, stay with us. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now, back to the focus group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to the focus group. Focusgroupradio.com is all I need to know about us and the show, including TFG Unbuttoned, our Tuesday podcast. So here we are. On the second half of the show, we got a business birthday and a fun shop talk coming up for you. Tim, you know, the next thing we have to figure out with your new laptop is how to move you around so that you could be anywhere to do the show from any room in your house, right? I know. And outside or on the porch or whatever. Yes, you know, I moved to a different area. So we have one of Bob's and two of Bob's antique clocks back there. <laughs> Just changes working? it up a little bit. Do they work? Yes, they're both going. I doubt you could hear them because the mics are sensitive only to a certain distance, but they're both ticking away. He keeps them wound. Cool. <laughs> so without further ado, business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. So Feliz Cumpleaños, uh, Desiderio Alberto Arnez de Acha Tres. Desi Arnez. <laughs> Which I'm surprised we haven't done him before. So Has born, he ever fallen on March like a Wednesday? This is this is a unique March one. And by the way, 
you do know that on folks on March 4th, Amazon Prime drops the Amy Poehler directed documentary on the Ricardos. It looks like it's gotten great reviews so far. I'm excited because I love these two people. So Desi was born March 2nd, 1917, died December 2nd of lung cancer. At 69, he was only 69. And uh, of course, we all know he played Ricky Ricardo and uh, with uh, Lucille Ball, uh, the syndicated I Love Lucy series. And they really were, they really did a number of firsts. And uh, when you, you start reading all the information about him, one of the, the, the very ends of uh, one of these biographies that they did of them said that uh, it's a, with Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz founded Desilu Productions in 1950 to initially produce their vaudeville-style touring act that led to I Love Lucy. At the time, most television programs were broadcast live, and in the larger markets, um, they would just get a little kinescope image. So Arnez with his cameraman, Carl Freund, I think is how you say it, um, they decided to shoot on 35 millimeter, which was far more expensive. And so the deal was that um, because it was so much more expensive to shoot with these three cameras, and uh, use this higher quality of film that uh, both Lucy and Desi decided to take a pay cut. But in return, they retained the rights to all the films. Wait, wait, so just pause right there. How brilliant is that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, go on. So, <laughs> so, they said, so they said in return, so that was the basis for their invention of reruns and syndicating TV shows, which as we know today is just you know commonplace, but this was something that was very innovative at the time and a huge success. And... Uh, they said that they were the most successful um, entrepreneurs in Hollywood at the time. And uh, the other thing that they said was that they decided that the show would maintain that uh, what they both called good taste. So they would avoid ethnic jokes as well as humor based on physical handicaps or mental disabilities. Although they would pick on Ricky's accent, the only one who was allowed to do it was Lucy. Hmm. Okay. And uh, if you think about it, she was the only one that would make fun That's of his true. accent. Yeah. They said the original premise for the show initially was Lucy and Larry Lopez, who were a successful business show couple that both had glamorous careers and they were trying to maintain a, a normal marriage, but they did market research and said, that's not going to work. And so that's when um, they, you know, Lucy insisted that Ricky be her husband. And they, you know, came up with this. Ricky is the young struggling band leader and Lucy's a non-talented, you know, wife with, with showbiz fantasies. A couple of other just because um, everybody knows, obviously, uh, uh, Desi and, and, and Lucy, but he came from a very wealthy family in Cuba. Family was in the government. They lost everything in the Cuban Revolution. Came to Miami. He didn't really know English well. So his first job was at Woolworths, he said. And uh, from there, he went into show business. But uh, he went and um, went and got a, a job at Woolworths, which I thought was pretty cool. Tim, other, did you read? Did you happen to read that? It might have been in his bio, and I also heard this on the uh, that T TCM podcast about the Ricardos that he actually slept in the warehouse in his first job. His his bedroom was basically the storeroom or something here in the U.S. I did not. I did not get. I didn't read that part, but I I, I would imagine. Uh, you know, they lost everything when they came uh -huh. here, so it and was, they were a wealthy it was family a struggle. in Cuba, right? Yeah, right. And he, he was very patriotic, loved America, served in the U.S. Army, said there was no place in the world where somebody like him could come to the U.S. and do what he did, and uh, was ever grateful for the, for the country. He and Lucy remained good friends um, right up to his death. He said that uh, Lucy called him two days before he died, and they both said, I love you. 
and uh, and then he 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 had passed away. But th- there's pictures of them. They said after he died of him and Lucy playing with their grandchildren. They both remarried, but uh, they still maintained a friendship and and uh, and respect for one another. I didn't realize he hosted Saturday Night Live. Oh my with god! With his son back that in seventy seventy six. February twenty first. Online that episode. I was wondering about it. It said he was the host of Saturday Night Live with his son Desi Jr. and appeared. And they did lots of spoofs of I Love Lucy and The Untouchables. And then they did. Uh, and then of course he did Babalu. They sang Babalu and for the band. And then Cuban Pete, which I love that song. <laughs> and for those who aren't aware, um, you know The Untouchables was re- produced by Desi Lu Studios along yep. with Star Trek and Mission Impossible. And Desi Lu was kind of the brainchild of of um you know desi arnez because he thought i'm gonna buy rko pictures and it was some deal he did he got all the props all the stages and if you listen to their daughter lucille she talks about going to play amongst you know gladiator suits whatever but then they (laughs) made really smart decisions about what to produce and they were like they were they were a major powerhouse producer back when tv was going gung-ho yeah the the uh the Mothers-in-Laws, remember that show? Uh-huh, yep. Uh, I believe uh, Andy Griffith was done there. But there's a number of, number of shows that if you look at the end of these sitcoms, you know, Desilu production or, you know, filmed at Desilu Studios. The other, the, one of the very last things, I was not aware of this. I guess maybe I should have been. They said that he, um, he died five days right before Lucy received the Kennedy Center Honors, which was somewhat sad. But uh, right before he died, his daughter, Lucy Arnez, had convinced him to go to rehab and uh, admit that he had a drinking problem and was an alcoholic. Yeah. And she said that was one of her, her most proudest moments of her dad was to admit that he was addicted to alcohol. I, I didn't realize it was that. I knew that Lucy would touch on it, but I never really heard anybody call him an alcoholic. Did you? No, not until I heard the... Um... It's the podcast is called The Plot Thickens, and season three of The Plot Thickens on TCM was about the Ricardos. And one of the bonus episodes they had was a, an exclusive interview with uh, Lucille, you know, Arnez, Lucy Arnez. And when she brought that up, Tim, I gotta, I gotta confess, it, it, it was a thread that ran through the podcast, and you heard it, but it was actually a, a real kind of slap in the face to me. That, and, and it was well known that, that right. he was often a happy drunk, but that he did drink a lot. And it was just, it was all through his life. And the cigarettes, too. I think he was like a three-pack a day or something. Yeah, well, she was, too. You yeah, know, Lucy. Was yeah, Lucy. Yeah, they said it's one of the very last things. It said Lucy visited him uh, when he was diagnosed with cancer in 1986. It said Lucy would come over with VH, uh, VHS tapes of I Love Lucy. And they'd sit and watch him. Uh, and uh, what would have been their 46th wedding anniversary, she telephoned him, spoke to him for a short time. They both said, I love you. He died two days later. So oh, my God. Uh, That's one of the most affecting stories that the daughters tells in that special bonus podcast really? episode. She says that she left the room, and all she kept hearing was him saying, I love you, too. I love you, too. Because oh. Lucy kept saying, I love you, the love of my life. I mean, as you said, they did remarry, but Lucy, Lucille Ball often said... He's the guy. He was the yeah. one. Now he, she could fall in love again, but he was the love of the life. And it, yeah. what an amazing couple! And what a great birthday! Thank you. Because so again on Friday, I think they're going to show that documentary that Amy Poehler's doing, which will probably be available at some point on our at our friend's Deep Discount as well. Right. <laughs> so if you don't get Prime, stay tuned. I bet Deep Discount will have it. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, 
finalizing our show today, we have a uh, shop talk uh, about a book that's actually one of my favorite books. I read it once. Every is it really? Three, yes, I have a copy. I read it once every three or four years. The article is accurate that it takes about 30 minutes to read the whole book, maybe 45 if you dwell on it a little bit. And the headline reads this, this, how this children's book helped a former gym teacher become a top Walmart executive. And the book that he pegs as one of his favorite with a lot of life lessons is it is Le Petit Prince or The Little Prince. It's uh, been in publication since 1940. Did you like my friend? Le Petit Prince? <laughs> L- little <Madame> Prince. <laughs> She'd be very proud of me. Um, as I butchered it. So it's, it's a long, this, this book has been around for a long time. And the executive in question here is a man named David Cheese, right? He started his career as a gym teacher in the UK, then worked his way up to leading the international division of the largest company in the world by revenue alone. And that would be Walmart. And he says some of the secrets of his success can be found in an iconic children's book, AKA the little prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. It's also been made into some animated films. The most recent was my favorite. Uh, if you happen to catch that. And uh, as he said, it only takes 30 minutes to read. The lessons, like what matters in life is invisible. Um, There's a couple of instances where that pops up. Sticks with readers long after they shut the book. And he said, these are simple messages that will hit you between the eyes. Cheese Wright said, and but you can also argue it's a complex book because it uncovers trains of thought you could spend a lot of time evaluating. He also used this to create this idea of what he calls uh, the grand. Did, Tim, did you find this in here? The grandmother uh, thing, where if if, if you the grandma test, right. if you have to explain something, meaning your ideas had to be clear so that someone outside of the business could easily understand them, and that's the grandma test. I happen to appreciate that one a lot too. the The quote he's referring to is something like, "It is only with the heart that one can see rightly." What is essential is invisible to the eye, which is the more you think about it, it's beautiful, right? It means everything you see, all the way people act, that's not the most important thing. It's the stuff that's inside that's invisible to the eye. I, that's the one that affected me, and that's probably why I picked this article. <laughs> right. And, and from the business side, he said what he would use from the leadership point is that you would approach uh, complexity with simplicity. And that goes back to the, to the grandma test. In other words, it's things that are very complex – um, you need to boil them down to to simple, you know, simple uh, terms or simple uh, processes for people to understand. And never you 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 always subscribe to this. Don't do more than three bullets. Mm-hmm. So if you you have to make something digestible, if you go more than three, you're, you're going to lose people. Did I ever tell you where I learned that from? No. Uh, you might be surprised. So I had a trainer named Chris Heisler for many years uh, at the gym. Super cool guy. Loved marathon running. And um, one day, uh, I, he was correcting my form on something. And he just absentmindedly, like, like he, like, as if he was just recounting to me how, why this was the case, he said, you know, I could tell you about five things to correct, but you're only going to retain three. I said, and I looked at him and I was quizzical. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, we are taught that when we give critique or feedback to address a client who's moving the wrong way, or maybe they're almost doing the exercise perfectly, but here he goes, we're only told to give them three directives to correct the problem. Because the minute you hear more than three, you start forgetting what the first two were and you, and you actually start not even caring at a certain point. So it's the three correctives. I thought that was just really, and it's, it makes sense, right? Yeah. You and I years ago had thought about uh, 
we, we joked about business books, remember? And we thought there was probably something where you could take all these children's books and make a business book. Remember we? I, I still yes, have that list somewhere. Yes, and you actually picked the book about a dinosaur that comes to life for a day. Right, Danny the dinosaur. And at the end of the Danny day, Danny the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, he's like, the the Danny's like, can you please come home? No, I got to go back to the. I forget where he went, the museum or something. Museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was another one that you and I loved. I think it was Mike and the steam shovel. Yeah. And the steam shovel dug a pit so deep it couldn't get out. But guess what? He was still utilized. He became the furnace for the building, I think, right? Right. Everything is of use. <laughs> Everything is a, the little train that could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Right? Yeah. David and Goliath. I mean, it's the whole, you know, children's books, when you think about it, they really are, um, everybody says they're very difficult to write. Yes, they are. Yeah. Because even though people think, oh, it's just a few words or it's a short thing, I could read it quickly, but they're very difficult to write and i i actually there some of the women here in the book club were trying to find another book to read and i suggested that they read a children's book so i'm going to suggest this one little prince and they yeah. looked at me and they said what and i i initially told them to do the giving tree oh yeah yeah and uh and they all kind of looked at me and i said you know it's gonna it's gonna make you talk it'll make you think i said because you're gonna try to have to figure it out but you're not gonna take you two weeks to read it and uh, so they they considered it, but I'm going to push. I have not read this Little Prince. I don't think you'd love it. Well, you, uh, I'm going to. Who knows? I, I should I should be oh! careful. Well, let's be good. <laughs> I should be careful about that. But you should say that there's a little cartoon. There is a movie. Yes, I could. I'll send you a link to the movie. It's it's a combination of uh, stop motion, computer animation, and traditional animation. It's beautifully done. It was done a, just a couple years ago. I saw it when I had the flu, actually. Well, the rare times I had the flu, and I fell in love with it because I thought it embodied the spirit of the book really well. Um, right. You know, there's another thing in the article that says here, uh, this this guy, the cheese right, who recommends this book and, and lives by it for business, said, the lesson that I love the most is that there's no such thing as better or worse. There's only different. Cheese right said, this lesson is particularly relevant to cheese right, who managed over 1 million people. So in the book, the 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 little prince, the little prince has a rose that he protects on his little planet. He gets to Earth one day and sees a garden full of five hundred roses, and he realizes that his rose is really not that special. But then he realizes, of course, it's special because it's his personal responsibility to love and care for it. So it, I don't know. There's just all these. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna hate the book. So <laughs> is it coming from another planet? There's all sorts of planets, yeah. And, and in fact, that's what the movie does really well. It really brings to life the world of the little prince. And, and there's a red fox. And the fox is the one that says to the prince, I'm going to tell you my secret. And the prince says, what's the secret? Well, it's only with the heart that you can see rightly what's essential as invisible to the eye. I periodically like Scientology, that, maybe. I, 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 I don't, we'll have to see now. I would periodically use that line on a card to my mom when I was in college. Always got a good response. Check for 50 bucks. <laughs> what a piece of work you are. You got to push the buttons, Timmy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, that, that's going to be my, my, my this week's lesson is to read Le Petit Prince. I don't want to read it in French, though. Read it no, do not. Do not. Read the English for it. translation. is beautiful. It's, it's fairly accurate to the French, so I think that you'll enjoy it. And you own a copy of this book. I own it in French and in English, yeah. Don't even ask me to read the French one because I thought one of these one of those days I thought you know I should really read it in French and I got about a pair I got a paragraph in 
I was struggling. And my friend Chris, who teaches up at Williams College, who is French, I mentioned it to him one day. He goes, why would you ever do that? He said, you're not really fluent. And he was being polite. He goes, you're not really like literally fluent. Like you just pick up a book and start reading it. He goes, the ex he goes it's a wonderful translation. The person that did the translation is fantastic. Just read it in English. <laughs> what did little lady say? I, I took French. I can read and write it. I can't speak it. <laughs> See, it all goes back to Grand Gardens, Grand right? Gardens. So, hey, thanks for joining us today. Great shop talk, Mr. Nash. I like I like these sort of uh, sort of shop talks where we can uh, have a good discussion about things we know from the past or in the future, of course. Now, with these planets, I can't wait. <laughs> and uh, thanks to our friends at Deep Discount. It's a site-wide sale going on right now. You get there by going to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Deep Discount logo, start shopping away. If you buy something from there, be sure to send John a note at letters at focusgroupradio.com and you get a pair of our famous Focus Group Radio socks. And uh, this week, John recommended Spirited Away. The new release this week is Belfast, and I recommended a prequel to Grey Gardens called That Summer, which uh, has a, a whole cast of characters in it. We appreciate uh, everybody hanging out with us today, and uh, be sure to catch our podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned every Tuesday. While you're at focusgroupradio.com, you can find all our media housed there. And as we like to say, don't text and drive, arrive alive. See you next week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group. <laughs> <laughs>